Okay, so we're good? Yeah, yeah. Everything's good? Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, ready, game face. Welcome to the live stream, everybody. The Train Like a Ranger live stream, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. Uh, how's it going, James? It is going busy, but it's going. Uh, bills did good. Uh, bills are, good. are doing good. Nice. Uh, so... Hoggy, Hoggy says bring Corey back. That's something we will definitely do. Yeah, Corey's Corey's welcome back anytime. Um, we talked about bringing him on semi regularly. Uh, next week we are looking uh, maybe to have a guest, so we'll we'll talk more about that and announce it when it's official. Um, but we got two guests that we want to get on, and then we can look to get Corey back on. That would be good. Um, so let's see. Uh, Josh, thanks for going on. Uh, yeah, we miss you guys too. It's been uh, we're both uh, doing school full time now, and it's been a lot. So life is very busy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Lil Marco says starting doing CrossFit to get ready for the army. Nice dude, doing something. All I can hear when he put Little Marco is, uh, have you ever seen that meme where it's like that guy texts him? He's like, "Hey, what's your street name?" He said, oh, Lil Marco. He's like, you live on a street named Lil Marco? He's like, oh, you mean my address. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> uh, uh, Lil Marco asked what battalion we were in. Uh, we were both in first bet. Um, yeah, first bet, best bet. Um, Nick says, hey, boys, uh, Sunday, Jay, Poyer, Hyde, and Oliver. I was actually just telling Danny that our whole defense is hurt. Uh, so Miami is going to get an asterisk if they do win and they probably still won't win, but it'll just look weird for them when they, they don't. Um, oh, Josh says, should you train your neck to build neck strength? No, not really. I mean, I, I know, mean, I know dudes that there are some, um, some workouts you can do, I guess, but yeah. So there, yeah, there are. So here's the thing is, so this big muscle in your neck, the sternocleidomastoid is actually very tight on a lot of people because we got this forward head posture all the time. So uh, what you could do actually, and something that I actually write in the programs is I do now I'm going to put a caveat on this, but wrestlers bridges. Now there is, it's a little controversial because some people are like, Oh, it's bad for your neck. You got to do it carefully and you have to have a good foundation. So, um, you know, do them carefully. Uh, I always say like lay a pillow down and kind of work it gradually, but it's a good way to work on the extension of the neck. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. The neck's a little tricky because there's a lot of things going on. Um, I would, so. so I would recommend more of um, uh, like stretching and stuff more so than like lifting. Cause I know you see dudes like they get those things on you lift and stuff. I I really avoid your neck is very important to you and everything you do. Um, so when it comes to actually like lifting with it, I, I wouldn't recommend um, too too much of that. But definitely make sure you're stretching it like that. Um, I, and I also can never think of a time where I was like, man, I wish my neck was stronger. Yeah. Well, so if you're doing things like I don't know, even even working your traps, like your traps attached to the back of your neck kind of run down. Um, 
So there's, there's a lot of things connected. Um, so whenever you're doing weightlifting, you are getting kind of some transfer there. Um, so yeah, I would say just look at, look at just lifting. Uh, you don't really have to do anything specific to the neck. Mobility is good for the neck. Uh, so you can look at like, again, like Tony's saying, neck stretching and mobility routines. I think that's good to keep a healthy neck. Yeah. Um, so things like that. Yeah. I would more recommend doing that and then continuing your well-rounded lifting. We've said neck so many times. It's like not a real word to me now. <laughs> I just keep saying neck. Um, Josh says, what are you studying? I am studying to be, I'm a double major history and education. I want to be a history teacher. Uh, I'm in physical therapy school. No one cares. Okay. Um, (laughs) so the, the hockey says, uh, can you guys talk about recon rangers? Uh, James. Uh, no, we can't. I mean, there's, there are some stuff I know. Um, actually, oddly enough, um, is there was stuff that I did when I was in uh, pre-resp that I actually did over in there, like AO. But um, no, you can ask maybe some specific questions, but I, I can't just rattle off information to you about it. Um, just because it's, well, one, not my information to tell, two, definitely uh, above my, uh, up there in terms of information, in terms of like uh, OPSEC and stuff. So if you have specific questions, we might be able to answer that, but I'm, I can't just say stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things a guy asked about, um, it was pretty open-ended question. He's like, how hard is it? How hard is, uh, the range of recon selection? And, uh, we're like, I don't hard, <laughs> you know, it's like, Tough. It's like yeah. but I, what I told him is I was like, you'll know more when you get to regiment. So that's one of those things where you guys worry about getting a regiment first. And yeah. Then you'll know you have to be in regiment and you have to be at least a tapped E4 to even, even get, uh, even try out. Yeah. So you got so a by, ways to go. By then you'll know a little bit more about what's going on. Um, it would be kind of like another analogy is like, if you were worried about, if you haven't joined the army yet and you're worried about Delta force selection and be like, well, you got some steps to go before, you get there. So just worry about step one for now, which is getting to regiment. And then once you get there, you can start looking at that next step. Uh, yeah. Plus it's, I mean, it's going to be similar to, to selections in general. Um, if you were more asking about, you know, the actual like trial or whatever to get in. Uh, but in terms of like exactly what they do and the things they have and stuff like that, I probably wouldn't say that. Yeah. I'm not trying to get myself in trouble. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know who would yell at me or what would happen, but. Well, I just had a, out of respect for the process too. We try not to go too in depth. We yeah. try to give you guys enough and focus on the prep side, but. Um, they got cool stuff though. That's all I'm going to say. They got, they got cool stuff. They got cool stuff. They do cool things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some other cool schools too, that uh, you guys will get to go to. All right. So. Uh, Listen, what, you see something oh, over there? Hold on. All right. And Nick's trying to come at me about football right now. He's talking about something that happened, what, 30, 30 years ago now? Listen, Nick, the Bills just beat the Super Bowl champions and the AFC first seed of last year by a combined point total of 72 to 17. 
right? I don't know. I know you think you're coming at tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm riding high. There's nothing you can do about it right now. Yeah, we'll see how the next game goes. Half your team's out, but oh, uh... uh, we got depth. <laughs> we played two rookie cornerbacks last week. We're good. All right. Um, Josh Nick says, "What kind of vehicle do most guys in soft drive?" I'm guessing there's a lot of lifted F-150s and Forerunners. Um, all right, so you're going to see a lot of like Camaros on an army base uh, always. Um, but then you got guys like me and Danny. So I think Danny, when we were in regiment, you were driving a 98 Corolla and I was <laughs> driving, crap, I was driving a, a 2000 Honda CRV. So we were, uh, we were driving some beaters. Um, <laughs> there's a wide variety. Uh, some dudes care about trucks and stuff. I'm not a car guy. Daniel's not really a car guy. Although he, anyways, um, <laughs> it, we're not really car guys. So like, I didn't really drive like a super nice car, but I know dudes that got older cars, fixed them i got i know guys who had nicer like sports cars guys with trucks um we had one buddy who drove a, a jetta uh a volkswagen jetta that we made fun of him for because we <laughs> said it was a good old car um but yeah it's all over the place uh but yeah you'll see a lot of trucks and in, in suvs for sure yeah uh what james is gonna say and this is all we'll say about it is i bought a uh, really nice SUV recently. So he also drives a luxury sedan or whatever right now too. So I did. I upgraded later, but I drove beaters for a yeah. long time. Um, I still do. I still drive. I drive a 2008 Honda CRV now. <laughs> yeah, no, no payments. Yeah, it's probably a better way. Um, but uh, I know a lot of guys drive Jeeps. Like Rangers tend to like Jeeps. I noticed. Uh, the ones you uh, pop the doors off of. Yeah, the Wranglers. Yeah. Those are fun though. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's kind of kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. You get because you'll have dudes people. that come from New York City or like Philly too that don't even have licenses. Um yeah. it's yeah, it's uh it just depends on where they come from, really. That's where you get it mostly. Right. You got questions on your end or am I gonna keep going? No, actually, I you just made me think of like the one guy who told me he never drove a car before when he was in the army. He's like twenty, yeah, because he lived in the city and just public transportation everywhere. That's how they did it. I was um, actually joking the other day. Um, someone was telling me about a bad flight they had and they had a rough landing, and I was I was like, man, I don't like flying. They're like, oh, well, you're in the army and airborne and stuff. And I was like, actually, it's funny to think about that. I didn't land in airplanes. So, like, I didn't land in an army airplane until I was on one for, like, my 15th time. Because <laughs> I was always jumping, and that was the only time I was ever in one. So, like, yeah. I remember thinking, I was like, man, this is the first time I've ever been inside for the landing. It was not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah interesting fact about, about me, too, is I, I have a little bit of flight anxiety. So, but I've jumped out of 40, about 40 times, you know, which is... Um, some people get a lot more than that, but, uh, did about 40 jumps, which you would think, oh, so this guy's, he, he loves planes. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, no, nah, not really. You know, I'll, I'll fly and stuff like it's fine, but, uh, just a little bit of, a little bit of flat anxiety. I think there was always that feeling of control too. Like it's exponentially more dangerous to jump out of a plane, but it's like, ah, I'm, I'm in control of this. Yeah. This, you know, I got this part is up to me. Yeah. Well, to a point. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Up to me and then the rigger. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the rigger this, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, Bib1 says, been under a ruck for about a month using the 45 and feel good, but was wondering what water bladders and carriers for those bladders you recommend. I use Go Ruck for my ruck. So when it comes to um, camelback and bladders and stuff like that, um, my favorite ones were, I don't even remember the brand. It's been a long time since I've actually used like the one, because I, I have some Osprey ones and stuff like that now for hiking. But my favorite one was one that went inside my play carrier. It's uh, so it's made to be like a rectangle and it slides into the play carriers. Um, but when it comes to the rucking ones, really, whatever one you like the like mouthpiece of the most, it really just depends. Um, and then when I. Like, I don't really have like any brand or anything that I was like my favorite. It all just depended on what the mouthpiece was, because I know some people like the ones that you can lock. Uh, some people don't. They just like the ones that you bite down and you can open like that. It really just depends on whatever's more comfortable for you uh, when you're going. Yeah, I thought those uh, those ones you put in the plate carrier were smooth. Uh, yeah. But I, I just rocked the standard, the 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 one that was, uh, I think it was issued, right? But I, I rocked just a camel pack they gave to us. Yeah, I kind of, for, for th- uh, 12 miles, I like the ones that you can lock. Uh, cause I can kind of keep it in my mouth and chew the end and it won't shoot water into my mouth every time. Uh, and then I can unlock it and take water when I need it just in case I need a little bit of a distraction. Um, but I've honestly, I'd forget to clean them. So I've been through a billion bladders. I just toss them and get new ones all the time. Uh, Marco says, yeah, people say one seven five is the best, but two seven five got all the crazy Rangers. At that Robin Banks dude. <laughs> um, I thought that was third bet that robbed the banks. And that was second did. Was it second? I thought it was third yeah, for second, some reason. Sec- seconds. Third probably has two. Who knows? Everybody's probably done. Everybody's got something. Third's done stuff that I can't say on this podcast. First has two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, when you put people like that together, sometimes things are going to happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip that first part of Nick talking to you about getting on the trash talk. Let's go. Ignore that. Uh, he says, "How are dudes with Sapper Arctic and other unique tabs treated in Range Regiment? Uh, they don't. They have zero bearing on. And the only Sapper, obviously, for some of the twelve Bravos and stuff, but like Arctic Mountaineering, all those yeah, other they- ones, you probably shouldn't wear those." They won't wear them. <laughs> yeah, yeah just take those off. Yeah, uh, if you don't want to get roasted alive. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I want to wear those. Uh, if you wear them, and if you wear them before you have a ranger tab, they're gonna talk some shit for sure. Absolutely <laughs> for sure. After you get your ranger tab, you can do whatever you want, really. Um. But after you get your ranger tab and you're in regiment for a while, you're probably not going to want to wear like your Arctic mountaineering tab and stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I saw one guy, there's one guy that I kind of network with on the Instagram side. And he was like, he had the sapper, the ranger, the special forces. And then also, you know, he, he was a, he, he was in bat, but he went elsewhere. So he also had the airborne. So it was just like, uh math four tabs on top of each other um it was like 
that guy should should go get the Arctic, the jungle, and just, just keep it going. How many, how many he can get? Yes, I want to see somebody. He's got to get custom made uh, ACUs that have like more extra Velcro that go up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be uh. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. <clears throat> Yeah, so like you can go out and get those things, and technically you're actually supposed to wear all that stuff, um, but it doesn't really. The rules are a little bit wishy washy and regiment for some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, JJ says, uh, uh, "I don't know if we're taking turns, right, dude?" But uh, my turn, Bruh, We all out here trying to get uh, better and ultimately become faster and stronger. Thank you guys for all the info and motivation you guys give us as viewers gang uh heck yeah jj um dude we're we're happy to do it uh this is uh this is really fun for us we love the especially love the podcasting like this is something <clears throat> that me and tony really enjoy doing absolutely um, the content's fun for me you know um the programs uh as much fun as we have we put a lot of work into those there's i mean days into those and um and then continuing to go in and refine stuff um, and, you know, the channel and stuff, putting up more content. There's a lot of uh, we got articles, things like that. So we, we really put out a lot of things. And uh, and I'm so happy to see that it helps people uh, really is rewarding to see um, something that I can contribute that helps people. So. Uh, yeah, we actually love this. I mean, I, this is like I said, we're both in school full time. Plus, you know, we're doing training like a ranger back and stuff, front end stuff um we got a lot going on but like this is like we look forward to doing this and like it's it, when we don't get on here it's because we like cannot fit it into the schedule like we would much rather be doing this um once a week absolutely yeah um so i'm gonna skip ahead i'll get back to the questions up top but this is a good question by josh Nix. um he says there's a dude on youtube that says soft guys uh need to have a rough background and basically be savage killers is that bs you guys seem like great guys um yeah that is bs so i can definitely see how having a rougher background might give you you know definitely tools and mindsets to help you exceed and excel in some of that stuff um but really it depends on your mindset how you get there i mean you'll you'll have dudes that come from like wealthy families of doctors that wanted to join the army you have dudes that are doctors that join the army some of them even enlist to come into range regiment um you don't need to have a rough background or be that psycho or anything like that to, to be in regiment or being soft at all. Um, and honestly, that background probably wouldn't even help you so much in a, in soft, in terms of some of the more like psyops SF things that are more like hearts and minds. Um, yeah, like I didn't have, I mean, I wouldn't say my background was rough. I, I did. I come from a military family though. Um, I mean, no one life, no one's life is super easy, but, um, no, you don't need to be, no, whatever that guy's saying on YouTube is wrong. Yeah, you got to be careful who you listen to uh, on YouTube in the internet because there's a lot of people out there. Don't tell them that. They'll know they're going to leave, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's that, that is the thing. I, I've seen a bunch of stuff out there. And, and really what people chase is they chase um, they chase the, the fads and, and the facades a lot of the time because um, it works, you know. Um, so you just got to you got to be careful listening to people like that. Um, there's a lot of people trending that are idiots and, uh, man, it's, it's, they just kind of putting on a show. And, and if you really look deeper and saw who those people actually are, 
when it's it's all of a sudden. So um, just be careful. But I would say um, me and JRL on the surface, like that, what you're seeing here on the stream, like we just, I can't be anything other than honest and other than myself. I'm not going to put on a show for the internet and the game followers and whatever. I just, it's, it's not me. I can't do it. So a lot of things you can't do though. I don't know if we, (laughs) (laughs) no, you can get, you can get into stuff with, with a variety of different backgrounds. It really just depends on who you are as a person. Like your background also doesn't make you who you are. You know what I mean? You, yeah. Yeah. Your turn. Um, you're a little aggressive about your last time, so. What was it? So you're being a little bit aggressive about your turn last time, so I just want to make <laughs> sure you get your turn. Oh uh, yeah, thanks. Um, Bobby Fergers, Fergie says, uh, "Hey Jay, I know we talked in the DMs. Uh, could you expand on zone running and RPEs?" How I how could I use them effectively when training for let's say a selection? Yeah, so me and Danny were actually talking about this the other day. Um, it, it, for me, when it comes to zone running and stuff like that, um, I see that as more of a uh, like a twenty level task, which doesn't that's probably not a good analogy to use for people. Um, so I, I see it as more of a a sharpening tool once you've already kind of reached. Uh, a good level of where you're at. So I think I asked you in your, in that DM, and I, I didn't actually go look at it again today. Um, kind of where you are at for running currently. So for someone maybe who, who isn't necessarily running under 40 minutes yet for their uh, five mile, I see zone running as an unnecessary, uh, like more, I'm, I'm spacing on the word that I'm, it's been a long day. Um, I just see it as a, a higher level focus that you don't necessarily need um, right off the bat when you're trying to get into those ranges for uh, like military two mile and five mile run. It's a it's a good question. So, you know, what he's talking about to expand on, on for people is like VO2 max. Like so what you can do is you can calculate your VO2 max. There's a number of way to do it. But uh, one of the most common ways is just looking at heart rate. So, well, um, now they have. I mean, most of like smart watches and all that stuff and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Make uh, it a little bit cool. easier to track zones. Sure. So, you know, if you want to do it that way, you absolutely can. Um, you can start looking at like a target heart rate and things that you want to stay at. Some people do that. And and it's one way for them to motivate themselves. Like uh, my heart rate needs to be at this. So I need to push harder. So if it's a motivator for you, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm terrible with acronyms, but uh, rate of, perceived exertion. Yeah, absolutely. You can go off the scale. So I think what, you know, what me and Jay are saying here is whatever's best to motivate you, but at the end of the day, it's all about pushing yourself, right? So push yourself. If that helps you, absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can do the zone running. You can do the, um, you can do the, uh, the RPE scale. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Um, but, uh, but to his point is, is just, it's just about pushing yourself. So, um, you know, like I personally, uh, don't worry about my heart rate and stuff. I just go hit hill sprints and I got a, I got a thing that I do. Like I'm doing 10 of these. And every time I hit my mark, I pick a mark and I'm like, every time I hit it, it's full blast till I get up the hill to this mark. 
And that's all it is for me is, and not that you have to go hundred percent every time, or that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying, you know, that everybody's got a different way that they want to train. So if you want to get um, that methodical with it, uh, by all means, you know, you can do that. But I also don't want you to, for example, like I know, Usually the the VO2 max and, you know, the zones and the RP and stuff is a, a lot. Of, I know a lot of triathletes and marathon runners, they are like really, really focus on that because they obviously are running such long distances. Um, but I also don't want you to focus so heavily on zones that you're dropping because when it comes to military prep, especially like you don't need to focus so heavily on your runs that you're losing out on all the other things you need to prep for as well. Um, so keep that in mind too, when you're, when you're training. So if that helps you get your run times down, then absolutely go for it and use those. Um, like Danny said, obviously personally for me, I don't, that's, but personally for me also, when it comes to running, I need to make that as like simple as I can for myself. So I just, just run at that time. And then I don't have to run anymore. Yeah. You know, and what I say too is, um, for me personally, like running, uh, especially like if I'm looking at like steady state runs, that's like meditation time for me. So I'm just, I'm listening to music, stuff like that. And then when I'm hitting, hitting the Hills, it's just, it's full out for me. But, um, yeah, I like both ways, but both are kind of, I got music in my ear too. Like I'm, yeah, I'm personally not checking heart rate, but, um, so my partner, she does, is like training for triathlons, marathons. So she does all of those zones and stuff like that. And some of the people she knows in her community for marathons and triathletes, they use the zones and stuff like that, which is why I see it sort of as like a finer edge, um, onto your running. So I feel like, um, it, you can do a lot before you really need to really dive into the VO two max and the rate of perceived exhaustion. Um, that's just personally my take on it as like a full philosophical thing. I see it as a finer edged cut, um, into your training. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. To his point, just focus on all the things, just do all the things. Yeah. So it's just, it's a little bit much. And in some, and like, so far my partner, she loves that. She loves the data. She loves all that stuff. So it helps her train. Um, but for me, it's a little bit much for me just trying to bring my run down time a minute or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. by the way, shout out, shout out to, uh, to kit got apparel. I'm wearing it today. So, uh, uh, he's just going to leave us. No warning, dude. Yeah. I needed to put that fan on. I'm struggling. Bro, not even a warning, bro. I did. Um, I just shut my door cause of my cat. So it's getting warm in here with my computer. <laughs> sweating. Oh, yeah. All right, we, uh, that was a long answer, but um, but yeah, we can. I, and also, if you don't want to talk about some of that stuff, we can absolutely do that. Like I said, um, that's just my personal take on it, and it's not a bad way to train or the wrong way to train. Um, just not my preferred. Sure. Um, we gotta have uh, we gotta have um, oops, gotta have Cameron back on, dude. I agree. Uh, by the way, speaking of kick, got I absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, he he wants to come back on. He's got some projects. Actually, I'll just have him replace you. Me and Cam can do. Um, um, all right, uh, Josh. Next is another funny question. Not the, the other one wasn't funny. Just this one is funny. So it's another good question that I'm picking out of the group. Um, he says, "How is dating life in regiment? I've heard there's quite the hookup culture, but I'd assume dating is hard." Yeah, some uh, people are doing or. 
<laughs> out of we pocket. were talking about a buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about a buddy of ours uh, who just had the wildest relationship I've ever seen. Out of pocket. I wouldn't even call it a relationship. It was just. Um, so, yeah, it depends. I mean, I, so it, it really does depend on, on you. Again, this is another question that really does dictate, like, kind of who you are, where you came from, what your goal is. Um, because there are dudes that get married quickly, um, which is an army trope for sure. There are dudes that, um, you know, do the hookup thing. There are guys that date seriously. Um, it really just depends. I mean, you'll kind of see a mixed bag, but I would just say, yeah, probably would say hookup culture is probably um, more the norm, but I would probably say that's more the norm just for that age group in general. Cause like really you are when you just get to regiment kind of that college age uh, as well. And then especially in like first bet where there's a lot of college people, it kind of, you just kind of fall in line with that at that age. Um, but a lot of the older NCOs and stuff are married. Um, so it just depends really, but it's, it's more about age, I think, than necessarily exactly being regiment. Cause yeah. it's, it's very similar in the regular conventional army as well. It's a mixed bag, like you said. So. But it's it's mostly by age. So like when I was an NCO in the conventional army, I saw the the lower enlisted dudes doing that as well. But that wasn't what I was doing. You know, I'm older. All the team chiefs and stuff like are either married or in serious relationships for the most part. Um, it just it really comes with maturity from age uh, more so than anything about regiment. But we are yeah. more handsome, more fit, smarter better at stuff so <clears throat> yeah oh, that was it That's that was the point nice okay <laughs> um, obviously there's outliers like Danny and stuff but um. <laughs> I was like that's the nicest thing you've ever um, no dude I, w- I was gonna <clears throat> I was gonna say too there, there is um, if you've heard rumors about uh, which I didn't dive into this by the way but uh, there are ranger rats and that's our that's a real thing you're like yeah types of types of girls who know exactly where the barracks are you meet her at the bar she's gonna drive you to the barracks yeah this <laughs> is what i said last time like if a girl if you being a ranger is a good thing to, for a girl you probably don't want to talk to that girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not uh that's why the that's why the medics carry the doxycycline huh <laughs> all right team i all right so it says yeah if they only would have taken off the license plate they would have got away with it so what marco's talking i saw about, that i was laughing second <laughs> yeah i think the story was uh when they went to rob the bank they took what was it like one of the, like their grandma's car or something yeah. one of the guy's grandma or something and just like perfect execution and then drove off in the grandma's car and it got they just had the license plate yeah immediately so, yeah, they didn't even remotely get away with it. Not that I'm uh, condoning that behavior at all, but uh, yeah, should have oh. took it off, dude. Oh. Trying to pick good ones. Um, uh, and so, consumer of Pop Tarts is letting us know he's on. He's on the pot uh, watching our stream in NTC. So. Hey, hey, man! I'm glad you tuned NTC in. NTC out there killing it. Uh, oh, it must be so hot out there right now. Yeah, my brother was actually just out there. 
Yeah, not my favorite place. Um, they picked a good spot for that. They definitely did. Uh, I, I don't know. Do they do they ever change it up location? I just went to the one in California. No, it's always out there. Yeah, it's like the desert. Yeah, no, it it was <clears throat> some of it was kind of fun, but it was uh, it was also brutal. Some of that training. Uh, so um, I was in for seven years. I've never participated in NTC. Good for you. Or, or JRTC. I only did, I only did one because, uh, so Rangers typically don't do NTC. We just kind of did it. Just, they found some training there. And so we just did it. So you never know what you're going to get there. I mean, they'll just kind of find stuff sometimes. Um, like taking people to do mountains <laughs> where, where they do mountain phase of ranger school and guys are just having flashbacks. They're like, I thought I did this already. <laughs> you know, so. Um, okay. I, I don't know if I understand this question. So Gabriel Gutierrez says, does regiment have their own in and out calls? My MOS isn't in regiment and just wondering if I go in, am I still limited to the army wide in and out versus regiment needs? How in and out calls means my dumb. And- Hit me with it one more time. Does regiment have their own in and out calls? My MOS isn't in regiment. <clears throat> and just wondering if I go in, am I still limited to the army wide in and out versus regiment need? Okay. So if he has a, if you just, from what I understand about it, the, the question, if you Which have, a, him. Am I, <laughs> if you have an MOS outside of regiment, um, then you're not going to get in. They're very specific as opposed to, you know, some other selections where they'll kind of make certain things fit Uh, regiments, very particular. Uh, You guys, you guys can look it up. I actually had to break this up early in the page. Uh, I had to break it down to a couple of people who were like, Hey, I I just enlisted as a calf scout. Do you think I can enlist? uh, Or when I get in, do you think I could drop a packet? And I'm like, no, because they don't take that MOS and the recruiter told them they did. And I don't think the recruiter was lying. I just, don't think they know, but here's here's all you got to do is just look up. Let me make sure I'm accurate. Ranger MOS list. Um, yep, right th- right here at the top. Benning.army.mil. Um, yep, that looks right. So, tune in uh, a trend like a Ranger live streams. We will tell you how to Google stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, if that's the question, yeah, like Daniel said, obviously, if it's not on the list, you don't get in. They do update the list. They add people sometimes, but. Probably wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, all right, I see a bunch of questions here and some back and forth in the comments here. Uh, it is your turn, though, so I'll let you go first. If you got one. Scroll, scrolling through some of this. Uh, what's up, Brett? Brett's in the stream. That's somebody. Uh, interesting story. So I met, I met uh, Brett through jujitsu i'll only use his first name but um and now he's uh he's out there doing it he's uh doing big things so good to see you brett all right uh milk tea ariel i don't know he's a, he's in the military how much he wants i think say, it's my he's turn doing, he's doing special things i think it's my turn he's doing doing great things I think it's my turn all right go ahead um so he says, does uh, Yoda support MOS? This is just 25 Bravo C combat and regiment because it would be a great balance between getting after it and getting a good resume after getting out. So I see a couple of back and forths here. 
saying that they don't see combat. Okay, so the 25 series are a little weird in the sense that there are some 25 series that don't normally would normally be attached as RTOs and stuff that do get attached because of numbers. And I know right now specifically that the 25 series is going through a little bit of a change that they're merging some MOSs and changing some things around. Um, it, as a 25 Bravo in the conventional army, I would definitely say no, absolutely not. You're probably not ever going to be on the ground in that type of environment. Um, as a 25 Bravo in regiment, I would say that you do have a chance to go do things and be on the ground for stuff like that. Like I remember like uh, those signal guys setting up some things in areas that maybe, you know what I mean? So there are options for 25 series of all different kinds to get some more experience and be attached to some infantry units and be on missions like that on the regiment side. And then obviously, definitely as an 18 series radio guy, as the Echoes, they do stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, But no, obviously, it's not like a combat MOS. um, But there are some options, some a little bit of leeway because of numbers. And sometimes when they have a a couple 25 series, um, but they do get sent out to do some other stuff. But I wouldn't necessarily rely on that. Um, you got anything else? Kind of run out of things on Instagram. Um, Josh Nix, this is a good question. Uh, Josh Nix has some good questions. Um, says, do you think that Ranger School should still be a requirement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Um, it, it is a weird. Ranger school is a weird um, thing, and it's weird that we have to explain that it's different, you know? Um, so it, it is a very strange dynamic. Um, so I was talking to my brother-in-law about it, who's in the Marine Corps, and I was trying to explain it to him. He's like, dude, this is confusing. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is, because... He was in the got- Marine Corps, so I don't... Things confuse him. All right. That's- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um but I mean, to be fair, like you have, you're like, so mm-hmm. like if you're an outsider listening and you're like, regiment guys are rangers, but if you just go to ranger school, you're not a ranger. And those guys are saying they're rangers. It's like, I listen all the time. They're like, oh, my, you know, my boyfriend's a ranger. He was in Alaska. You're like, well. Can I ask you a question? What's up? Um, okay. So I, I, I'll be fully upfront. I didn't have a ranger tab. Then you did have a ranger tab. So. Take that as you will. Did being going to ranger school make you better or worse at your job? Um, honestly, it was it was a growing experience, but no, it did not make me particularly better at being a Ford observer. Mm-hmm. Arguably, um, it made you worse at being a Ford observer since you lost time for you a lot of it uh, that would have been spent doing doing your job in regiment. Um, I also, uh, secondary question, the battle drills and a lot of that stuff that you learn in Ranger school, um, how effective and how much of that did you use, um, when you were out doing training events and and missions and stuff? 
Um, particular to how we operated in regiment. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where Ranger School is it's just hard. Like it's just a hard school. I lost, you know, probably 40 pounds, you know, of just any fat I had, which wasn't a lot, and then just mostly muscle. And it was just it was a yeah, people get injured. It's a it's a tough school. Um so I, I so you think that is effective for someone who is gone through resp is in regiment has been regiment trained for one two three years um and is operating especially especially in not 11 bravo mos's you think that ranger school is an effective tool um it was it was a it was a life-changing experience i'm not so I, so i and i'm not i don't disagree and i don't think that's not true but I, I personally believe that Ranger School shouldn't be a requirement. I genuinely don't think that it is helpful. And I think that what Ranger Regiment should do is I think they should run their own before you get promoted before thing, a school thing that is more effective and help, more helpful and more appropriate to what you do in Ranger Regiment. Brett says it's effective for RFS, <laughs> <laughs> which is true, yeah. but it also gets people hurt. It gets specialty MOSs kicked out, even though I don't care if my S1 dude made it through Ranger School. To be, I don't care. I need them to do paperwork. I need like so I need those to be able to do their jobs. I don't care if they pass Ranger School, especially for those dudes. But I think that Ranger Regiment should move away from the Ranger School thing. And I think they should do something and run it themselves in house that doesn't take people away from their job for three, four, five, six months and sometimes break, longer. Exactly. But <laughs> break them down completely, take them away from training for six months and then send them back as what now is supposed to be essentially a team leader leadership person. Um, and a lot happens in six months. If you went to Ranger school before, you know, Ukraine happened. You come out afterwards. They've probably done a, a whole rehaul of a training program for the training events and stuff like that. And you would have lost all of that. But you're now in charge of lower enlisted who went through it and you missed all of it. But you're in charge and you're responsible for their training, even though you weren't there. Yeah, no, that's um, that's an interesting point. Yeah, it's it is. So that was one of the things we talked about army culture is, um, and this was again, my brother-in-law, we talked about how there's all these different things. It's kind of like, um, like how we talked about adult boy scouts, you know, or it's like you get all these pins and patches and things and go out and granted ranger school would never change anything. That was, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I grew a lot there. It was, uh, a lot of sacrifice, but it, it was, it was brutal. And, um, but at the same time, you know, it's not like I came back and that was, you know, I never thought of myself as above the rest of the army. Cause I got the tab, you know, it's just something I did. And that's well, you also went through it with dudes from the regular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I didn't look at other people who didn't and go, uh, you're you're less for them. And that's something that me and you both do, because we don't, you know, we don't really measure like that. Um, we're kind of unique in that way. A lot of guys get like that. Um, and that's the thing with the army is 
you got guys who, and we talked about, you got guys who go through all these uh, experiences. There's guys who've never done any of those schools, but they've gone and deployed. Like my cousin, he when deployed, he's getting blown up. He's getting shot at and just firefights. And like that dude um, was, got put through the ringer. So just because I got a couple more pins and patches, um, was I going to go flex on him? No. Uh, you know, I realized like, it's not just about what you're wearing on the uniform. And that's important. Like, I know a lot of guys who take things off. They'll take their patches off. There's guys who were in, went through SF or, you know, um, Ranger school in the, in the, uh, in the conventional forces or they deploy and they'll take their deployment patches off and they'll take their tabs off and they'll see how people treat them. And then sometimes they'll just slap it on one day and be like, I didn't change. I'm the same person, but you measured me based on what you saw. Oh yeah. That's a, that's, that's a, no, it's an interesting point. And also it does create uh, that it does create a weird culture whenever you got all those different things going on. I I just personally, I don't think that the net gain from Ranger school outweighs the net loss, especially six training cycle in regiment is worth more than a Ranger tab. One training cycle in regiment is worth more than a Ranger tab. So I, I just, I don't think that the net gain of a Ranger tab outweighs the net loss of an entire training cycle missed. And I also don't think I don't necessarily think that you accurately learn as much about what's going on, even as an 11 Bravo about how because everything's changed so, so much since Ranger School has been you know, created. Yeah, it's 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 that's an interesting point to have it facilitated because, again, it would fix a lot of things about the, the culture of it. That's frustrating. Like if you had one. Or even just one longer selection where you get all the things you need to get. Now that's a very hard thing to change because it's been in motion for so so long. But it would it would kind of eliminate this confusion of like, oh, this guy's got this, so he's he's got the tab, so he's a ranger. But this guy who went to regiment was special operations deployed, you know, uh, been a you know been in the absolute ringer for years and years there's guys who've been a regiment for six years who don't get an opportunity to go to ranger school and they're you know had a great career there they're 100 rangers but they never got a chance to go to school for numerous reasons and there's always that stigma there um so yeah it's it, it would it would fix a lot of things if they had one streamlined path to get through it all and then there's no confusion like this is it. So absolutely being a regiment is what makes you a ranger. That that's a fact. Um, all these other things, schools, ranger school, school. So that's a great point. Um, you know, we, I think we actually talked about this while we were in regiment. Mm-hmm. There's like people who had these conversations cause it is, it is absolutely true and it's it, it does feel like you get pulled away like i missed a deployment because of ranger school uh i did six months there extended stay so i missed a deployment there um so it would and, and that was actually something that i would have liked to go do you know so it was just like i didn't know how long i was going to be there like there's no time cap i know a guy personally who was there for 
um, a year, a year and a half, over a year and a half. Just an insane. Like, what <laughs> used to okay, joke that he's, that's impressive, though. You have to like properly fail specific things at certain points to be able to stay that long, though. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what they. Because you can't now fail for, for the same thing twice. Right. <laughs> you can't get recycled for the same thing two times usually. Um, yep. So, like, you have to. <laughs> it's so that's tough. <clears throat> yeah. No, dude, that's a great point. It was. It was. Uh, that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. So that's an interesting uh, insight into um, the Ranger culture and Army culture, for that matter. Something you won't hear a lot elsewhere. So. Uh, nice. We got some things in. Yeah, it is your turn. We only got like ten minutes left. We got kicked off last time, so yeah. So they're not messing around. Yeah, anymore, so yeah. They they were around. giving us a little leeway before, and now they're they're cutting us. Yeah. Um, Leon says, SF group support guys. How do they do in regiment? Um, I I see I see what he's saying. So guys attached to SF. So they're like, they're like airborne, but they're attached to SF. Is that what he's saying? I think that's what he's saying. But I couldn't tell if you were trying to explain it to me or ask me. I'm kind of asking. Yeah, I think that's what he means, right? Because they're okay. So SF operates with a lot of typically airborne guys whenever they deploy and do things like Angel Cortez is a good example. So his first deployment was with SF and they were absolutely getting after it. So he was come from the conventional forces, but he deployed with SF and did a lot of uh, SF support stuff. So yeah, yeah. usually um, they actually have a, a JTAC support who's not um, in SF, but he's usually like a E6 uh, uh, FO JTAC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they, they do good. I mean, Again, like Jay said, it's kind of a mixed bag. It depends on what experience do they have, who they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, more experiences does translate to better performance. And if you're operating with um, SF guys, you might have a better insight into special operations culture and kind of, you know, do things that are more in line with that. So you kind of got insight into it. So maybe better performance. I don't know. They do good. Uh, Michael Brandon's asking, uh, we are both 13 Foxes, what our MOSs were before. Uh, we're both forward observers. In, but we went option 40, so um, we went straight to regiment, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, uh, well, we, we had that radio course yeah yeah it was easy it was very easy okay first of all it was not that easy (laughs) it was it was uh it was like a well it was like a three-week experience yeah but it was not easy i mean we still did the pt but like the course itself the course was itself was hard i was one of two people that passed the written exam first time i do this a lot i feel like i do this a lot every time we talk um I do downplay everything. Yeah, probably awful. That was hard. That was one of the hardest courses ever in the army. It, he he did it. He made it hard. The instructor makes it hard on purpose. So I was one of the one of two people to pass the written exam on the first try in my class of fifteen or twenty. Um, it was hard, and we also ran one morning for PT. We did seventeen miles. 
dude i'm just that good man everything's easy dude, bro he literally like I, and he was like super into ice baths at the time so we ran these 17 <laughs> you, miles you probably had that no you had the same guy that i had yeah that i definitely was yeah that he was, was he, he wouldn't let us cut our hair either yeah. um <laughs> he had a sweet uh he had a sweet <clears throat> do man yeah he did he had he had nice hair um, he was awesome though. He was actually one of my favorite NCOs in in regiment that, and I only spent three weeks yeah, with him. Uh, he would come and work out with us in the barracks and stuff. But uh, no, that was hard. It was very hard. But yeah, that was three weeks before we went. We went straight to regiment. I mean, even that was you were in regiment at that point. Yeah. Yeah, we did seventeen miles one morning for PT. Yeah, actually, yeah, no, we did do something like that, dude. He crushed us. Yeah, every morning, absolutely. And I was in stupid like shape because i just done rasp i just done rasp twice um i was in good shape but dude 17 miles a long way uh, i do that a lot i'm like oh man you'll you'll be fine it's not that bad and then they're probably gonna go through it and be like this is awful dude <laughs> uh yeah man expect the worst hope for the best right um the hoggy says i watched one of your videos with Corey." And correct me if I'm wrong, but Corey was saying they sent 68 whiskey to Ranger School before regiment. Um, no, that's not true. That's uh, true. They got to do Sockham. They go through Sockham. So they go through pre-Sockham and Sockham. They already got like a million months of training. Um, no, it's really, it's like two years um, before they even show up. So um yeah usually you would suck him long you only see direct paths from rasp to ranger school with e5 and above so sergeant above that's when they start looking to send guys right after um but sometimes it depends so uh it's kind of that's not one of those things that's a deliberate thing it just kind of depends and again some guys never get the chance to go because some guys are needed. Like sometimes there's a retention thing. Like I see that happen with medics where they just need a medic there. Like, especially if there's like a short problem by the time they get there. And that's one of the problems too. the track is so long. So like the Sockham failure rate's not good. Like people fail Sockham. And then by the time you get there, like your contract isn't that long. So by the time you go through your option 40 track, then Sockham and stuff, you're showing up. And I mean, you got not that much time in regiment or you have to decide to reenlist. Um, yeah, and they don't want to send you to ranger school if you're not going to reenlist. Yeah, and you only have a year, a year and a half left. They're gonna like, okay, well, you don't want to waste a slot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, guys, uh, uh, team leaders, guys are made team leaders who don't have uh, ranger tabs. That happens too because they're they've been there so long, they know everything, and they have good leadership. And again, I would rather my medic be a good medic than have a fucking ranger tab. To be honest, like. Especially the dudes that are saving my life. I I don't care at that point. You need to know how to fix me. <laughs> that is the most yeah. important thing to me. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, and to, to Jay's earlier point, being a regiment was hard in itself. Like there's things that I did definitely training cycles that I had that were just brutal and grueling and then deploying and um it's hard to be in regiment. So you know, when I talked about, um, when I talked about, uh, my video ranger school versus rasp, something that I wanted to also say, but that I, I didn't, I just, 
didn't mention this and I thought this was important is being in regiment is hard and it takes a lot of sacrifice and blood, sweat and tears. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what makes a ranger. That's, that's special operations. That's, that's where it's at. So ranger school, leadership school. Um, all right, what do we got? Four, four minutes. Um, I don't know if we have much. Matthew Maldonado, I'll just hit this one question. Wait, one more. Yeah, he says, I'm getting my master's right now and uh, I am soon to graduate, but have always wanted to become a ranger. Would it be wiser to go enlisted or go in as an officer and then try out? Um, honestly, Matthew, it really depends on your personal preference. Uh, you will get paid a lot more money as an officer. Um, you will get to do a little bit less cool stuff as an officer. Um, but you will have a better career path and a better career path afterwards, depending on how old you are and how long you want to stay in. Um, I do know guys that did go enlisted and did, did a contract or two just to get it out of their system. They want to be rangers. They want to go do it. Um, but it really just depends on if you're looking to what, what there is pros and cons to both. So it just really depends on if you sit down and decide you really want to go do all the stuff or you kind of want to have a better, uh, more lucrative career field. Yeah, uh, get that one a lot. Yeah, we actually get that question a lot. It's tough too, because especially in regiment, um, sounds bad. Officers don't really matter that much. It's an enlisted driven. Yeah, so I have been in conventional army units that are officer driven, but regiment is enlisted driven because you guys have to bounce out back and out as officers. <clears throat> I said you guys like it was you. Uh, officers have to bounce back and forth uh, so they don't get as much experience in regiment. So it's definitely a more nco driven uh unit yeah so we capping it there yeah i just don't want to get kicked off again before instagram just randomly shuts us up i know All i thought right, you were lying for a while because it never happened no, yeah, and then... i know that's what i said it's like an anomaly i was like okay we're going like 20 <laughs> over I, I was telling you dude it cuts you off at an hour like, yeah it doesn't mess around but uh finally proved me right so thanks for tuning in everybody um so be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good weekend, guys. Go Bills. See you guys. <laughs>